Welcome back to Rooksell. Today we have the president of the British Chiropractic Association with us. She's going to be teaching me and helping me understand the role of a chiropractor in modern practice and where do they get their training from? What is this process like? Who are they allowed to treat? And gives me a further understanding because I'll be honest, I never truly understood the role of a chiropractor within a healthcare space, but I have always noticed some level of animosity towards this profession that, you know, I don't think a lot of people actually appreciate or understand the level of training or what they actually do. I'm not going to claim to be an expert. That's why I brought Catherine on to have an open and honest conversation as to what these two professions do for each other between physiotherapy and chiropractor. Where are the similarities? Where are the clear differences in practice, in training, but overall in patient treating? So this is a two-part episode. The first part is going to be having that interesting conversation to find out and understand the themes behind both professions. But the second part is actually me going to be asking Catherine about the treatments that chiropractors use. So make sure to stay around for that second part. But without wasting any more time, I bring to you Catherine Quinn. So when we talk about like in terms of physio, you know, Cairo, the relationship between the two professions in itself, you know, there is a level of, as you mentioned, we already had a chat prior to this, the level of tension or the level of not understanding. And I think it, it flows both ways to an extent in terms of, you know, I, I, I have seen colleagues, you know, when someone, when a patient mentions, oh, you know, I, I went to see a, a Cairo and they're like, why did you go see a Cairo? Yeah, that, that's a very common thing. And I'll be honest. And even physios, bash ourselves and for chiros i've not met many people who are chiropractors but the only two people i met which is yourself and robert are absolutely fine uh to myself so i'm curious to that perspective from a chiropractor's um, side of it because i know from physio wise there's a there's a good level of not understanding i didn't even know that um chiropractors could do certain things you know could assess a patient um, from a medical standpoint in terms of like you know a full understanding i didn't know the depths of your understanding of anatomy I thought it was just during the early stage, which is all you see is cracking backs, which I know is a, is almost taboo. And I, I apologize for saying it, <laughs> Catherine. But that's fine. I think that's the whole point of some of these conversations, isn't it? Is for us to kind of almost recognize our um, our misunderstandings and uh, perhaps naivety to assuming that we know things. And so, yeah, hopefully we can kind of go through some of those facts today. But um, yeah, you know, chiropractic's a regulated healthcare profession, has been since 1998, 99, the act was passed. Mm. And so to call yourself a chiropractor, you must have completed a four or five year master's degree. Within that degree, you're covering everything that you will cover in your physiotherapy degree in terms of anatomy, physio like physiology, diagnostics, histopathology, nutrition, you know, general diagnoses, understanding vitals and understanding how the body works and understanding how to take someone's history, how to actually understand their health status. These are skills that are not exclusive to any one profession within healthcare. You know, how a chiropractor takes your history will probably be exactly the same 
as how you would take someone's history as a physiotherapist, exactly the same way an orthopedic consultant will. We're asking all the same questions to understand someone's healthcare. The difference is what we do with that information may differ. So if I've got a, you know, a, a low back and leg pain patient walking into my clinic, I'm asking all the same questions that that orthopedic consultant's asking exactly the same questions quite often i'd have done the initial and if they end up with the orthopod i've given them the history already they may delve down into things but um where i'm then looking to use appropriate levels of hands-on care rehabilitation exercise nutrition advice cbt you know whatever whatever is needed within that package of care for the patient the surgeon's looking at them with their toolkit open now their toolkit involves different skill sets if I feel that I've taken the history of this patient and that's actually what they need, their, their needs aren't fulfilled completely by my toolkit, I may co-manage with an orthopod or I may manage that myself. And then, you know, if things don't kind of go the way that we want them to with conservative care that a chiropractor, physiotherapist, osteopath can provide, then much like yourself, I would refer that onto the appropriate healthcare provider. So in terms of our competencies and skill sets, it's to be a healthcare professional, like be a healthcare provider with all the competencies and skills to know what that person needs and to know when I can provide it and when someone else may be best placed to. Yeah. So that, that, that's an interesting thing that you mentioned, which I'd agree in terms of, yeah, I, I presume that, you know, in terms of assessments, we're looking for a same, you same similar question of what, you know, what the problem is and investigating the problem before you, because you, before you can start tracing anything, you have to understand the problem. And I, from what I can gather to an extent, another core differentiating factor, or, you know, even though what we would do ask would be similar and to an extent, some of our treatments would be similar. Example, you mentioned hands-on therapy, I presume. Obviously, I think you guys do a bit more in terms of the hands-on therapy in certain aspects because, you know, uh, we don't do set. Well, some people can do certain levels of manipulation, but in terms of university training, they, they teach you a little and then most of it, you learn it by yourself uh, mm-hmm. in terms of if you want to go into more advanced, but it would be like we all do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Further education, but in terms of exercise, let's, let's, let's talk about that one as well now, because obviously my, my own, you know, every physio is very different. Some of you have physios who don't really like exercise and like the old school ways of pure manual therapy some people like myself i move more in the exercise prescription and less on the manual therapy perspective where does chiropractic chiropractic yeah where does that chiropractic yeah with chiropractors yeah where on the spectrum is is that some of my colleagues will be very heavily focused on rehabilitation getting people into the gym from day one that's their bag that's what they enjoy doing um all the way to people who don't do any of it at all just like within any profession you'll have some people who specialize into certain areas and so their patient base in the private practice world this is will then grow based on that so within our clinic um we have sports therapists and sports rehabilitators so we would tend to send a lot of that work to the sports rehabilitators because they do it every day and are fantastic at it much like you mentioned you know physiotherapists don't do that much in terms of manipulation 
why would you why would you want your neck manipulated by someone who does it every now and then why not have it done by the person who does it 100 plus times a day you know and is much more proficient in doing that so you want people using the skill sets that they are most competent in i sit very much in the middle as that sort of chiropractor i'm what you call a sports chiro i work within professional sport but also in private practice and during my time at both qpr and london irish i would be doing everything from hands-on assessing, triaging, you know, performance reviewing patient, uh, the players in there. And then I'd be leading yoga and Pilates classes, you know, a couple of times a week. I'd do yoga once a week, Pilates once a week with the players. That's a skill set I've gone and developed. But every chiropractor graduating now will have um, a huge background in exercise prescription and rehabilitation. Okay. I graduated 11 years ago so uh you know we were we were definitely doing it then and i know that they're only doing more now and the facilities at some of the universities are absolutely fantastic and they're learning alongside physiotherapists and sports rehabilitators in in many settings yeah so you see that that's the type of knowledge then the things that you know to an extent i'm not exposed to because i don't mean many chiropractors at all and have you mentioned you know you tell me about how many of you actually are exist in comparison to you know how many physios exist but they find that a lot of my some patients, you know, I've literally speaking to someone who's mentioned they've gone, they've they've seen a chiropractor. But although you, I know you guys mostly are in the private practice setting, but mm-hmm. people tend to gravitate towards, um, you know, going to Cairo for almost similarly. I think some people, they, it's almost a coin toss as who they go to is it a physio or a Cairo? And either recommendations, for example, someone with back pain who I've spoken talking to, they said they've been to a physio and they've also been to a chiropractor as well, and then they go back and forth between the both of them. Would you say that's a fair a fair assessment in terms of you know people? depending on the condition that they're going for. But let's take a mess yeah, case situation. Chiropractic is, is predominantly, if you were to ask the general public, and we have, and the, the regulator has asked these questions before so that we can understand it, you ask the general public, what would you see a chiropractor for? It's back pain and neck pain. That's what we're very well known for. It's what we are, you know, incredibly well experienced in as a profession and have a lot of skills that we can offer in that realm. So that's okay. That's, you know, if that's what people know us for and they're coming to us for that, we're all incredibly busy. We're back and neck pain. There's a lot of it going around. Back pain's the leading cause of disability worldwide. So, uh, yeah, there's plenty of that to treat. But what will then often happen is, uh, for example, I've had a spate of plantar fasciitis patients recently, and it's because I treated someone with one who had seen me probably for neck or back pain previously, mentioned their foot pain. So I've started treating it, used shockwave, used some rehab, all sorts of hands on things to adjust their foot and ankle and had a great result. Yes, this patient had tried other places and it hadn't worked, but we were able to use the shockwave um, really with great effect for them. So what did that patient do? He went and told everybody else at his tennis club that I'd fixed his plantar fasciitis. So now I'm seeing lots of foot and ankle things. So, of course, people are going to know your profession for something. But what will also happen is word of mouth will also spread in terms of a condition you treat so another lady that i saw with um she's got osteoarthritic knees you know we're not going to fully reverse that you can get some moderate changes um in in osteoarthritis if you can normalize the way that that person weight bears but this patient's then gone and told all of her bridge club (laughs) friends that i've been helping her arthritic knee pain so you know 
also get that word of mouth referral too. Yeah. Word of mouth is very strong. We'll, we'll come over to, to treatment and uh, Joseph treatment in a second, but I wanted to get your thought because I think um, if anyone listening to this remembers the, the panel we had and it was, I think you mentioned some things about the trainings that physio go, to, go through. And I want to ask you again now, you know, what is your, what do you, in your, in your words, what do you see that, you know, the training of the physiotherapist, like what is your perception of that in terms of the three years we spend and what do you think we learn? Because I'm curious to get what you think we learn within those. Yeah. So as I, I think I said on the panel, and I know we talked about before we started recording, is that I'm not the expert on telling anybody what a physiotherapist is. I can tell you all about chiropractic, but I've worked, you know, in in our clinic here in Bristol, we have four physiotherapists who were all slightly different. We have one physiotherapist who does injections and ultrasound scans and has done a lot of postgraduate work there. We have another who's a real foot and ankle specialist, and we have another two who are much more general. My, I know I'm privileged enough to be able to work at the level I do within the profession to, to understand how some of these things work. But, you know, physiotherapists, the way I would tend to describe the difference in training is broad and kind of shallow, but not in a kind of that it's a low level, but it's across lots of areas, a three year program at bachelor's level to, to qualify as a physiotherapist, kind of where you can start using the title uh, and you're covering a huge breadth of things in small amounts. So as you've mentioned before, not so much of the hands-on that we would focus on in in chiropractic. I'm sure some courses will do more hands-on than others. That's been my experience of um, talking with new graduate physiotherapists is that some courses do more than others in hands-on, but that you've got a a wide breadth of things so that you can then go on and do your one or two-year specialty master's training or development within the NHS in the area that you choose to. So that's, for me, kind of my understanding where it starts and then anything more specific than that you'd have to ask a physio but <laughs> you compare that to, to chiropractic and when I'm talking to students who are saying should I do chiro should I do physio I always say it depends on where you visualize yourself at the end of your course chiropractic I would say rather than physiotherapy which I would say is you know that kind of block on its side covering lots of different things in a kind of bite-sized amounts across a huge breadth of things that can go off and be specialized in chiropractic is stacked more narrowly so chiropractic is stacked far more in the kind of areas of msk um, hands-on treatment the sorts of things that are all about mechanics and biomechanics the pathophysiology around that the biopsychosocial model around that and looking at managing someone's spine and their moving parts of their body an awful lot more we do general diagnosis we understand how to assess someone's health status you know blood pressure heart and lung sounds abdominal exam looking at fingernails for you know checking for signs of uh, you know clubbing and edemas and all sorts of things we do all of that general diagnosis but then the treatment element of what we're learning to do won't focus so much on you know, um, getting someone post-operatively back to their, you know, normal gait or um, kind of dealing with anything post-surgical across the breadth of things that, that physio would be involved in. We're looking at people from a much more functional and um, biomechanical point of view. And we do four or five years of study. So we graduate at a master's level straight okay. off. you can't um, register as a chiropractor unless you have completed that master's level training so we're of course going to spend longer training in a much more specialized area so we are as a profession from day one a little bit more 
specialized in what we do. But obviously, as a physiotherapist, chiropractors can go and add on to what they do there. So I've spent a lot of my postgraduate development focusing on sports. So I do, you know, I can do yoga and Pilates. I can teach that. I've done a lot of athletic taping. You'd cover a bit at at college, but of course, there's always, you know, more and more you can add. But, you know, I'm already on a trajectory. Some chiropractors will go off and specialize in pediatrics. Some will be in neurology. Um, So they'll kind of develop their niche into those areas. But it's all starting from that standpoint of mechanical and kind of musculoskeletal specialists. Okay, 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 okay. I'm quite happy you you clarified because I think um, even myself as well, when you were mentioning it prior then, because you didn't give enough time. We, I think also some people also thought that what you were trying to imply was that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll correct something that you mentioned as well, not correct, but add on to something. But I think people imply that you were meaning that, you know, physios were not ready to go out of the box of uni as, and they needed more training before they were ready to go. So I think that was all our people were, you know, some people took. I mean, we can dig into that. It depends on in what you're speaking about. Yeah. Now, if you're a new graduate physiotherapist, day one, you've done your bachelor's degree. Yeah you think you're as ready to manage someone in clinic as someone who has done four years of full-time education and a year's worth of clinic placement, which is specialized in seeing and treating musculoskeletal people? Or would it be fair to say that after three years, you then have the opportunity as a physiotherapist to get that experience within whichever setting it is most will go into the NHS. I know some go into sports teams and into private practice settings, but I think it's fair to say that if you're, you know, going to see someone for back pain, acute low back pain, would you rather see the person who's done at least a year's worth of um, clinic placement doing lots of hours managing that after five years or someone who's not been in that clinical setting yet? So that's a, that's a very good question because the answer to that would be you know, naturally, you know, coming out of uni, we are going to eliminate the fact that maybe forget about someone who did a physio master's. We're going to take someone who's straight out of uni, three years bachelor's as their first degree, and they've done a whatever program they've done, wherever, and they're coming out day one. Do I feel like you'd, they would be able to immediately start seeing MSK patients? Absolutely, they would. But the question you're asking is, which one would I feel more comfortable with in terms yeah, of someone who's done a five-year degree for an MSK yeah. injury? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Again, like so pediatrics, take pediatrics, not my specialty at all. Would you would you rather see me on day one coming out of you know uni where it's not been my specialty? I've not pushed on my CPD that much for pediatrics at that point. Um, would you rather see me or would you rather see the day one graduate who's done all their placements in the breastfeeding clinic and with the pediatrics team? You know, it's about picking someone who's got the competencies at the point you're seeing them. Of course, new graduates need the space to be able to get that experience. And we all in our professions provide that. But it is, I would say, fair to say that, you know, in terms of being ready to treat someone day one, I'm talking about the day you yeah. can start. So, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the, the day you're legally the opportunity to the world's your oyster in terms of which area you want to go specialise. And you've got that opportunity within physiotherapy, chiropractic, you've got opportunities to specialize, but not in the breadth, say, that physiotherapy, yeah. you're going at a three year point, we're already at a five year point, four year point at that point in a much more specialized um, kind of education. Yeah. So, so to answer that question, 
me if I was a patient and if I was I think my answer if I was a patient and if I was a physio would be different which is why I think some people got a bit like testy so as a patient I'll be honest if I fully understand the role of chiropractor and I say okay you guys are regulated body you you're able to do assessments medically and this person has five years of experience in this specific niche of that MSK setting I'll be honest I'll take the I'll take the chiropractor in terms of who I want to treat if I have back pain and they have proven to me that they can get results of relieving back pain over a day one physio because if day one physio as you're right you know has a wide range of areas you can go into so many areas and then it's over time then they can pick whichever one however if from a physio perspective i think why physios may get testy when you say mention something like this is because the assumption is that some people believe that as soon as they come out the gate they are they are supreme and it is not i'll be honest it is not a <laughs> yeah it's not i'll be honest i've met physios who believe that they are supreme straight out the gate they need development as well even myself you know you asked me straight out the gates when i first started do i feel com- i feel comfortable enough to do a basic assessment and provide basic level of treatment and you know keep someone safe and progress them but if it gets complex and that day one i'm talking about when i first started if a patient came in with i don't know a stenosis lower back uh severe stenosis lower back pain causing lower back pain and then causing x y and z as an MSK, I would not feel the greatest on my day one straight out of uni treating because that would be a complex. Yeah, and this is the thing. I think that people get really testy when you're challenging their position in the world. No new graduate is the best person to see. No. <laughs> <laughs> pleasure, is it? You know, that's the point. You, well, and you used a really important word there, the word safe. New graduates are safe. And they are they are experienced enough to be able to assess and manage a patient safely. Yeah. This is why you have, you know, say within the NHS, you have your hierarchy, you have your house officers, you have your consultants, your registrars, you know, there's this hierarchy with experience for a reason. And that's that's a whole nother conversation, but that is the whole idea around mentorship and making yeah. sure that we're mentoring our new graduates. That's another conversation altogether. Yeah. But what we talked about a little bit before we started recording was about this idea about assumptions about other professions. Now, like I said, I am not going to tell you what a physiotherapist <laughs> is. And I can give you some facts. I can tell you, you know, at day one, that could be a three-year graduate. That's a fact. I can tell you that a chiropractor is at least a four-year graduate at day one, at least. So they're just facts. But what you can then do is start to look at, right, what are the competencies that that come with that? Now, I have sat on many a panel in the past and been told with absolute certainty Mm -hmm. facts about my profession from (laughs) physiotherapists, from occupational therapists, from rehabilitators saying, well, you're not regulated. So how do we how do we know that that you're you know, that someone's going to check what you are? are regulated and i don't mind people not knowing those things i don't mind them not understanding everything about my profession We're, we are the smallest regulated healthcare profession you know we are 0.5 percent of the whole of healthcare so i understand not everyone's come across a chiropractor before but don't then sit and proclaim things about yeah. a profession that you don't know you know yeah. it's, so, it's we, 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 we out. which is absolutely fair i think you know when for example making hard-coded facts like you know if you ask some physios and again i don't say this to be offensive but i say this because some physios will listen to this or maybe and i'll ask or some people i'll have a chat with them and they'll tell me definitely that you know they'll be like oh yeah chiros only do hands-on treatments that is what mm-hmm. they will tell me and now i can come back and say actually hold on 
Yeah, and I'm sure they believe that. They believe but what they've done is gone and probably spoken to one. And I don't think I have horns and I don't think I have a tail. <laughs> but, you know, there are some fantastic chiropractors out there within your local community. You know, go and talk to a chiropractor. They would be more than willing to show you around their clinic, give you an idea of what they do. You know, you can actually start to develop a really good business model with that chiropractor. You could look at, right, actually, I struggle to manage this type of patient you know for example uh, something that we love treating and i treat a lot of in clinic neck pain headaches yeah. love treating pain and headaches now i know that there are the physios within my team that when they get a neck pain or a headache patient or a cervical radiculopathy something like that they're not as comfortable treating around the neck that that's this team so in our clinic we manage that yeah where you know if i've got a, a swollen knee I can do some things to help manage that, but I might send that to one of my physio colleagues because I feel they've got the competency to, to handle it more. You may find that you get a lot of cross referrals if you start to work with the other professions. And, you know, I can only speak for chiropractors, <laughs> but chiropractors in your area. And they'll be, yeah, they'll be more than willing. Or, you know, have a look at our website. Look at the British Chiropractic Association website. If you want to know a little bit more, we've got lots of information on there that people can uh, can kind of delve can, into. Can digest. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, it's very reasonable and understandable and fair to say. You know, the physio in me, if you ask me, you know, it's still, I think this is also... This is personal bias. I presume it might be variable to to some extent, but you've also mentioned that you know within a clinic, if you have multiple different individuals, you you let the person who feels the most comfortable do X. Because mm -hmm. me personally, you know, if you ask me what is my area that I like a lot, it's neurological physiotherapy. You know, I like mm -hmm. neuro and I like a bit of respiratory as well. And I do MSK because the, it's the nature of my job. Am I an MSK specialist? Absolutely not. You know, am I? <laughs> am yeah. I? rheumatology specialist like jack no i'm not am i some guy you know who you'd see for short if you have specific shoulder pain i can treat you comfortably and i'll be happy to it but at some point i'd know where my limitations would end and say That's actually Knowing your limitations, again, really, really important point, because we all, no matter what your professional status and title is, we all just have to understand our professional limitations. So I'm not a pediatrics chiropractor, but I do. I treat newborns, I treat babies, I treat children, I treat people through their pregnancy. But I'm always very clear with new parents when they bring their babies into me is, if I'm not sure what's going on, I'm going to send you to go and see Hugh or Rebecca, who are yeah. kind of the other side of town, who are really specialized in this area. I'm happy doing, you know, a little check and I can, you know, if baby's healthy and happy and you want me to check something specific, I can do that. But if I'm not sure, I'm going to send you to someone who knows better. And sometimes they say, you know what, I'm just going to go straight to that specialist. I'm like, brilliant. That's absolutely fine. You know, that makes me happy. You're happy. Baby's happy. That's all good. Sometimes they're like, oh, well, I know you, so I want to see you for a little bit. I'm like, okay, well, fine, we'll do, we'll do our basics, and as long as we're all happy, then uh, we can. But yeah, I know my limitation there. Whereas if someone comes into the clinic with a, an acute neck pain, I know full well the physios are sending them straight over to us. Yeah, you know, you feel more comfortable. So now you that that's a very interesting point you made. So I think even within physiotherapy, for example, some physios believe that they know everything. Some people fully well are aware of where their own specialty lies and stops. Even within a specialty like respiratory or MSK, there are people who, you know, if you're an MSK specialist, you, you know there are some people in your team that know about the shoulder a lot more. So if you're having a really tricky patient, you go there. I think where some of the potential um, animosity or the, the, the reluctancy is across profession. So referring to another 
professional like chiropractic but as we mentioned already you can't do that if you don't know what they actually do <laughs> if, you, if you don't know what chiros do or what they can specialize in or what the things are what they actually are more geared towards you're not going to say i feel comfortable sending someone across there because you're going to say you're going to have the the old school mentality that all they do is x when mm. that's not all they do so i think that's one key limiting and i know if we have time if you have time we might you know 15 minutes after this we'll talk about treatment choices because that one i think people will be asking me why we not talked about the treatment choices of both professions but yeah i think that understanding of what the other person does is going to limit why you can reference because i'll be honest prior to meeting you know rob and yourself if someone asked me you know um, I, I saw a chiropractor and I said, mm, fair enough, then I'm just going to carry on doing what I did. I would not think much of it, but I know individuals who they've heard, Cairo, oh, why did you go to see the Cairo? Why didn't you go see a physio first? And that comes from a place of fear, you know, and we do this, you know, that comes across all parts of society. If you don't understand a culture or you don't understand uh, a way of life or, you know, say that it could be anything, it could be religious, it could be you know anything the shop you like to use it's kind of oh <laughs> why do you do that well unless you've gone and experienced it yourself and gone and understood it you can't you can't understand and patients are on our preferences <clears throat> you know yeah. we've got that we share within the clinic across you know i've got patients so yesterday i saw um, a patient for his um i'm managing more of the spinal stuff so i'm yeah. seeing his neck and i'm treating his thoracics and you know a bit around his shoulder but he's having the rehab for that then with my physio colleague <clears throat> so we're co-managing him so he sees me for all the mechanics then he goes next door and sees keith and he gives him his rehab because he's been rehabbing him through um a labrum tech so it's um you know, we can co-manage these things, but we work together. So we understand each other's skill sets. We treat each other. That's a really important thing. Go and see <laughs> another profession. You know, I um, I walked a marathon just over a week ago and my shin is still hurting. So, uh, you know, I've had Keith, you know, give me some advice on that as well. But I've had Keith's a physio, yeah, but then yeah. I've had him working on the mechanics in my foot. So he's adjusted my foot and my knee and my ankle and my back, you know, to make sure that I'm kind of functioning as well as I can. But there are, you know, Keith's got the ultrasound scanner. So he can tell me if I've actually ruptured my tibant, which he assures me I haven't. But uh, <laughs> your, your pain begs to differ whether or not you actually have. Right now, yeah. <laughs> but no, that, that's very interesting. And the, the thing which we'll hop on in a minute now, to which is, I think, another reluctancy. And again, I'm coming at this into podcast or interview or whatever we want to call it, whatever chat from a, I want to understand first. So I'm not here to fight because I think some people will be saying, why are we not asking these? I'm, not, I'm trying to understand something in a greater depth. Anything on another occasion, if more comes through. Yeah, 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 we're going to have another thing, but it's the choice of treatment. So hopefully we will close it here for now and then we will come back to another one and then we'll have a choice about choice of treatment because I think that's a very, another reluctancy for individuals yeah, no, very keen to talk about that yeah let's do that all right nice i hope you enjoyed the podcast episode but also make sure to subscribe to the brooks health podcast on youtube as well as the podcast so you don't miss another episode but also follow us on social media at rooks health till the next video on the rooks health podcast